0: Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Willby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area, and today with me, as always, are...
1: I'm Hai Chen Bui, a USA Today contributor and a pop culture journalist in D.C.
2: And I'm Anya Crittenton, an editor and writer for Entertainment Earth News. So, as most millennials do, we love the 90s. Or Yay. should I say we heart the '90s? What is it? We love the '90s. We I heart think the it's 90s. we heart the '90s. Yes, that if old, you've ever that watched VH1, the,
0: yeah, VH1, all about that's that jazz.
2: kind of kind of like influenced a little bit by that. Um, so uh, this was Willoughby's idea, and today we're going to be talking about kind of '90s pop culture, but more specifically, what had a formative influence on us growing up. What are the things that we remember from pop culture from our childhoods, and kind of how it influenced us into adulthood. Um, And we do want to specify that, you know, decades kind of bleed together, and what we consider the 90s, and what a lot of people consider the 90s, is pretty much kind of mid-90s to mid-2000s, so it's that kind of weird bridge decade, and so that's mostly what we're going to be talking about today, Um, and we're going to just be talking about all our favorite things from our childhood.
0: Yeah, sort of like a a weird pre-9-11, post-9-11 weird decade.
2: I mean that's true though. Like it was, it's 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 interesting because like that did change the landscape of pop culture. But like still, people when people talk about the nineties, it's still very much like pre and post nine eleven like
1: blurred together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's it's weird. We're like one of the few generations that has that sort of definitive marker of when kind of our childhood almost ended. Like <laughs> not really ended, but you know, pop culturally, there was a huge shift in yeah. like after pre-911 post-911 like you were saying. So, it's very interesting. And we have that whole digital revolution as well. So, things have advanced and changed so much since we were kids. So, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's I feel like that's one of the reasons why our generation has really latched onto this whole 90s nostalgia thing because there has been such a shift in technology and a shift in pop culture that it's almost like the 90s have now been like in cap like like frozen in amber in in like this like containment unit, and that mm-hmm. everything else is just kind of like morphing around it. Like I feel like you know you look on any BuzzFeed article of like you know we love the '90s and here's why like 25 items that'll you know that you'll you know freak out about your childhood are like these these things are now 20 years old. Like it's really like it's getting to the to the an interesting point where we're looking back at our childhood and we're like, oh my gosh, I remember that. I remember when that happened. I remember when this toy, this movie. And I feel like not, not every other generation has had that, but I feel like it's because we're the first generation to grow up with this weird transition from analog to digital. Oh, Yeah, I would say
2: that. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to be doing this sort of a round table discussion, um, about are formative influences, and as this was your idea, Willoughby, That's me. why don't you go first and tell HT and I what had a big impact on you growing up?
0: Alright, so I think, I mean, the biggest impact would definitely have to be the Nickelodeon channel. <laughs> um, basically, from Nick Jr. to Teen Nick, all the shows in between, you got Spongebob, you've got Hey Arnold, Rugrats, um, like, everything in between. All uh, that. All That, The Amanda Show, Keenan and Kel, like, all of those shows I grew up watching. Um, like, n- Nickelodeon was the first channel I remember learning, uh, what, like, what number on the TV channel listings it was. Like, my mom told me it was ch- channel 29, so I would always press 2 and 9, and it would go that's to that. So would, <laughs> yeah, so, like, it, that's so cute! Yes, like, Nickelodeon is the first thing that always comes to mind whenever I think of the 90s. Um, and, like... Uh, Rugrats had a huge impact on me specifically because Chucky had red hair and was scared of everything. And if you guys have ever heard me talk about Halloween when I was a little kid, I was afraid of the wind. Um, I was Woody <laughs> I was I was Woody uh, for Halloween one year. Um, also Toy Story was a huge, phenomenal, phenomenal influence on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Woody was like my favorite character and so I I'm dressed up as him. I'm so soon, glad
2: and- <laughs> because he's better than Buzz.
0: Yeah, Just um, put that out there. And so I had I had the hat, and I was terrified because Woody was always terrified of losing losing his hat. Like that was a big thing, a running thing. And I remember ho- the Halloween I was I was dressed up as Woody was very windy. And I remember my hat like coming off my head a couple of times, and I was I was a, I always felt that the not only would the hat fly away, but I would be flown away too. So I had this weird, irrational fear of the wind, and I related to, to Chucky e. Finster a lot because he had red hair and was scared of a lot. Um, hey Arnold was also a huge influence. It was one of the first TV shows I remember talking about in like preschool with other kids. Like I think that's where like pop culture for me for me started. Was like instead of like the water cooler, it was the finger painting table, <laughs> and and so like we would talk about you know the episode of Hey Arnold that was just on stoop kids afraid to leave a stoop like that's all <laughs> like ingrained in my head um and like yeah so nickelodeon pretty much is like probably one of the strongest like influences from the 90s that has had like probably the most major impact on my life the second would be this uh weird trifecta of aladdin toy story and lion king i'd always rewatch those movies like every day um, my mom can attest to that. Uh, I would like rewind the tape and play it again. Like I, I would play, I would definitely watch *The Lion King* multiple times a day, and same with the other two: *Aladdin* and *Toy Story*. So, like those three movies. Like if you had to pick, like the big three from my childhood, would be those three.
2: Do you think um, there's a link between them? Out of all the Disney and Pixar movies, you know,
0: I don't really. I I never really thought about that. I never really thought about the Link. Um, I mean, I could tell you why each one is, like, really, like, what, like, my favorite Disney movies. Um, but as for them being connective tissues, like, um, I don't, I don't know, maybe the, like, the protagonist? Like, Aladdin, Woody, and Simba? Like, they both have like, to deal with...
1: They are, like, the rare protagonists that are male in the Disney canon. <laughs>
0: That's true. That's true. true. But they and they also have to deal with a lot of change in their life. Like Aladdin going from street rat to prince, Simba going from prince to king of the jungle, and then Woody going from top dog to guy thrown in the trash almost. Um and and then has to, you know, come back and redeem himself. Uh so I don't know. I think I think those 3 movies have definitely had uh, uh, like a uh, definitely like a large influence um you know if i ever had to cite my 10 favorite movies toy story would definitely be on there and aladdin would be two, and and lion king like all three would be up there um if i had to if i could choose all three so out of um, curiosity
2: is yeah. star wars not part of this discussion for you because they weren't made in the 90s or cuz i mean formative influences can still be things that maybe weren't from the 90s that's true so i that's wonder true.
1: Um, I mean, I'm of,
2: assuming that was a huge thing for you.
0: Yeah, def- I mean, I would definitely say that. Um, I guess, uh, I guess a lot of the, a lot of the things that had an impact me were actually in the 90s that it, like made. Um, but Star Wars was definitely. Um, I remember seeing the movies when I when they were re-released in VHS. My dad rented them from the local Video World rental store. Um, and the only, the only thing I remember from watching. A New Hope was, uh, the Battle of Yavin scene and also the scene right before, because there's, I just remember distinctly being a scene where there's an older rebel pilot talking about how he flew with Luke's dad and how he was such a great pilot. But then when I watched the 2004 DVDs, that scene wasn't on the DVD and I thought I was going insane. And then it turns out when I bought the Blu-ray of A New Hope, um, it's, it was a deleted scene that was reinserted in the re-release, and then taken out for the 2004 release, so I was like, I feel I felt like vindicated <laughs> after like 12 years. Um, but I, but like, I definitely remember watching Return. I I remember like taping Re- Re- Return of the Jedi um, on like TV, and then like watching rewatching that a lot. That was that ended up being my favorite of the of the original trilogy because I think I saw it the most. But I also like really liked the father son story, um, and it, yeah, I mean, Pokemon is definitely a huge influence, like, vi- in terms of video games. HT's, t-
2: like, dancing right now.
0: And the TV show. I um, I had the cards, but I never knew how to play the cards, so I just, like, collected them. Um, so, like, Pokemon was a huge thing. I'm so excited for Pokemon Go, uh, for, like, Pokemon to be, like, real life, even though it's, like, augmented reality game on your cell phone, but it's still gonna be, like, my childhood come to life. Uh, and... I don't know. Um, I'd also I'd say the Batman animated show, huge huge influence.
1: Um, still a the, classic today.
0: It's so classic. Um, one
1: still like one of the best realizations of Batman on the screen. Like yeah. probably oh, yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> definitely. Um, and just like kind of for like a movie, but that isn't Disney. I'd say uh, Tom Hanks's uh, that thing you do. I think I, that was the first thing I ever talked about on this podcast of what, yeah. what was then what was then the um, Love Hate segment which <laughs> I had bought the extended edition on DVD. Yep,
2: I back remember in, that.
0: Way back in September. Oh. Um uh so like that movie uh there are like pictures of me with like a fake drum set and sunglasses because I wanted to be uh the character guy who was the drummer in that in the band uh, The Wonders. Uh, so I like wanted to that was, like, a huge part of my life, too. Um, and then I think the last thing I'd have to say would be Boy Meets World. Um, yes! I watched a lot of Boy Meets World. It's still, like, like if, and you know, I guess it's a child, it's, like, it's it's not, it's a family show. It's not a children's show. It's not a teen show. It's a family show. I guess it would be, like, my number one favorite t- uh, family show.
1: It's one of the shows yeah. I wish I watched as a kid, because I never got in, I never was able to see it.
0: Oh, it's uh, so good! I
2: know. Um, oh, I heard it. Boy Meets World
1: is amazing. I heard it gets into, like some really deep and dark themes too, and it, it, like, it does. So,
0: not just dark, but like mature. I'd mm. say, um, like very like. I mean, they. It's definitely when they go to high school. The, like the themes very much evolve and develop, and it's a, a lot of um, like, alcohol, drug, um, gangs, like the whole like shenanigans of like growing up in high school um were were uh talked about and explored. Um yeah, one think- last thing uh oh. I'd have to uh, add on to my like things of influence um this is 99 so I uh SpongeBob and Batman Beyond. Uh that was those two shows were very much um a part of my life as a child. Um uh, but going back to Boy Meets World for a second. Um I like I don't know I I feel like uh even though they were older than me like uh a lot of the i I watched a lot of the show live but then when they did a lot of reruns on disney channel and then on abc family um while i was like in high school age like that was really important as well because it was kind of like oh i understand a lot of what i had watched originally that i that i just kind of watched for the goofy jokes and suddenly like these mature themes are be like oh my gosh they're dealing with the same stuff oh my gosh
2: yeah,
1: and Girl Meets World is still doing that. Yeah, it fascinated me that um, Boy Meets World was basically growing, growing up in real time with these kids. Like, I had never seen a show that, like, documented a kid from, like, elementary school through high school, I think, to college. It, and I was like, yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, from
0: grade, sixth grade to, like, I'd say sophomore year of college.
1: Yeah, and I was like, wow, I, that's really impressive and just kind of, like, very rare for a show to come... Grow with its characters like that. It's like usually for teens shows, you see just high school or you just see just elementary school or something. It's never like the full childhood.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my like influences. Uh, classic TV shows. Also good recommendations. Like if you guys haven't seen any or read any or actually I didn't put any books down. Um, <laughs> uh, oops. <laughs> uh, um, but like, you know, it's, it's all great stuff. Um, I think I like to say I have really good taste in TV shows and movies. Uh, so yeah.
1: You do. Yeah. I think so.
2: You had a very quintessential
1: 90s childhood, I feel. Yeah. Oh,
0: definitely. It was, it was too stereotypical for words.
1: It was the, <laughs> it was a, the, the buzzfeed list uh, personified.
0: Oh yeah. Exactly. BuzzFeed, the listicle, that's, that's me. It's my life.
1: <laughs> so. All right.
0: All right. So moving on to the next person
1: uh anya all right me. what is your childhood um, formative influences
2: yeah so i'm gonna go kind of very specific here okay. um i'm not gonna talk about disney and harry potter which arguably two of the most influence the uh, biggest influence on my childhood um but we've talked about them in other episodes mm-hmm. it's no secret i love them
0: i feel like we could all say default harry potter one of the one of yeah the biggest.
2: one of yeah yeah
0: harry childhood. potter and disney
2: definitely one of my biggest um but I specifically want to go into um, a genre that had a huge influence on me growing up and still does, and that is kind of the historical adventure slash fantasy adventure. Um, this was like, these were my ideals and my dreams growing up. Like, and you know, they're part of why I was a history and a film major in college, because I have a huge passion for history um, and I love fantasy. Um, so, like, there are a couple ones that I want to mention. Um, But, like, just, like, a quick list of ones that kind of influenced me, but, like, a little bit less. You know, we have, like, Hook, A Knight's Tale, Lord of the Rings, the first Pirates movie especially, um, The Mummy. All those kind of, like, adventure-y films um, were really big for me, and I really loved them. Um, But specifically, the ones that really got me the most... Do you guys remember uh, the Kevin Zorbo Hercules show? Yes. Yes. So that oh my god. I own every season on DVD. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, I also do love Xena, but like Hercules more so as a kid was kind of mm-hmm. my thing. I was um, bigger than Xena My Zena mom girl. got me into it. Yeah.
0: Mm. Wait, my hold mom. on. Do you, I was just going to say, do you guys remember or have seen the the, the clip online yes. where it's him and he just... Disappointed! Oh, disappointed! <laughs> my of roommate course. showed that to of me. Course. In college, and I had never seen that before, and I'm like, "This is the greatest, greatest thing I've ever seen." It's the best, <laughs> best line um, reading so ever. Yeah.
2: So Hercules was huge for me. I mean, it was a TV show that was all about like adventure and fantasy and mythology. So it was literally like right up my alley in terms of like the stuff that I like daydreamed about. Um, Ryan Gosling played a young. I played. Can he play the young Hercules? Not. You no, know, he was what? the oldest. He was young Hercules. Oh my so god! In flashbacks. No way. Yeah, in for, flashbacks, for, Ryan Gosling plays Hercules.
0: Former Disney child star Ryan Gosling?
2: Yes. What is he up
0: to these days?
2: Uh, well, um, well, having babies. That's true. And also starring in The Nice Guys. That's true. Going to Disneyland um, <laughs> a because he loves Disneyland.
1: Is that him? Yeah, he loves Disneyland, right? Loves Disneyland.
2: Yep. Um, so yeah, so Hercules is big for me. I know everyone always makes a face when I tell them I have every DVD, every season on DVD, and I'm like, yeah, I do. That's impressive. I'm proud of that. <laughs>
0: How many seasons were there? I feel like that show was very much in syndication. Uh,
1: there were seven, six. six. Wow. wow.
2: Did
0: you just cl-
1: look over? I this? did. <laughs> she right glanced there. over to her DVD collection. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. They're right there. Yes, I love Hercules a lot. Um, it's so cheesy. Like, it's so cheesy, but, like, I, I'm so charmed by it. Um, so in that vein, kind of another um, a book that had a big influence on me um, in terms of this fantasy adventure... Um, besides Harry Potter, obviously, uh, was The Two Princesses of Bamar. <gasps> Love that yes. book. Never heard of it. Uh. Which is a book by the author Gail Carson Levine, who also wrote Ella Enchanted.
1: Oh. Which is um, much more fascinating and thought-provoking than the movie than makes the movie. it seem.
2: Yeah. Um, but Two Princesses of Bamar was my favorite of the two um i still have my original copy i can also see it on my bookshelf same my copy um, I, is like
1: tattered because same i read it so much same i do a
2: reread almost once a year of this book only because i can get through it in like a night or two um but it's very much like a traditional fantasy story about these two sisters and one's very adventurous and the other is timid the adventurous one falls ill and so the timid one has to kind of go out on an adventure to like find a cure for her it's very subversive yeah, very subversive, and, like, you know, very feminist, and it was all about, like, these two sisters and their bond for each other, and, like,
1: oh, no, women you're going me, out. You're giving me feelings again about this book. I'm just
2: like, oh, right? I haven't read it in so long. I love right? it. Right? Uh, so, yeah, I love this book. Um, I You should reread yours, because it will still charm you. Um, and, like, there are fairies, and there's this whole interesting fairy culture, and, like, there's a the dragon. It's just so great. It's everything about fantasy that you love in a book. Yeah. Um, so, that one. And then lastly, there are two movies that really get me in terms of this kind of genre that I still watch today and I still love. And I recognize they're not great, but I don't care. Um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, oh my god. And, uh, I, I don't care. I love that movie. Christian Slater as Will Scarlet, Alan Rickman as Sheriff of Nottingham. That's the whole, like calm his hot out with a spoon that whole line um and morgan freeman
1: oh my god yeah morgan freeman in that movie i love that movie you know um i confession i have actually never seen that movie me neither it's i just so... know about
0: the about men in tights making yeah, fun of his I'm american sorry. accent the only
1: thing i know about it is a line from men in tights where uh <laughs> carrie elwes i think that's how you say his name says yeah unlike other robin hoods i'm the only one who speaks with a british accent I, I also I also love Men in Tights, but, like, Robin Hood, Prince of
2: Thieves is, like, it so got to me because, like, yeah, it's cheesy and it's not very good, but, like, it was so earnest in, like, it's adventuring and in, like, it's good guy fighting the bad guy and, like, that was what I loved as a kid. Like, I wanted to be a knight, like, as a kid. I wanted to, like, get on the horse and slay the dragon and, like, I wanted to save the day and, like, go on a grand adventure. Like, that's why this genre gets to me so much is I've always dreamt of, like, adventure um, so Robin Hood and I love those good guys. Like You do. So that movie. But even more than that one, my final thing is in that vein is the nineties uh Three Musketeers with Keeper Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, Oliver Platt, Tim Curry. Wow Um you definitely have, you a- that- have
1: a thing for the swashbuckler genre. Anya. Yes, swashbuckling
2: <laughs> adventures are like my thing. I love it so much. Have you guys never seen the Three Musketeers? I have either? not seen it. No, I'm sorry. I've seen
0: I've seen bits of Young Guns where they were they were all all those guys were in that movie together too. Um, I
2: think that I might need to bring these out when I come out next month. Do
1: it
2: because they're so great. Three Musketeers. I just I can quote it like back and forth like. I know this movie so well and I love it and again you know it's the good guys and they're saving the country and they're they discover like a plot against the cl- against the king of France and have to save the day and it just charms my heart I remember I saw the um, three Musketeers* that came out a few years ago with uh, Christoph Waltz and he, Orlando he was in that Bloom movie? yeah he played um, he played Tim Curry's character
0: oh. wait Orlando Bloom was in that movie I thought it was Luke Evans.
2: Luke Evans was also in that movie.
0: They were both, that's, they can't be so, in the same They
2: can't be in the same, be in <laughs> Luke Evans, Luke Evans played one of the musketeers, I forget which one, and Orlando Bloom played, um, he played an English character who was plotting with the cardinal.
0: Were okay. they both, do they both have brown hair in that movie? Because the only way to differentiate them is in The <laughs> Hobbit, when Legolas is blonde. No,
2: they both have brown hair. That's 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 really funny. Um, that was poor
0: forecasting <laughs> decisions. There. I
2: remember one of my college friends, she also loves the 90s Three Musketeers, and so we went to go see the new Three Musketeers in theaters together, and, like, it wasn't good. And we, like, left the theater, and we were like, oh my god. And so, like, to, like, de-stress and, like, get it out of our head, we went and, like, got takeout and went back to her place and watched the 90s Three Musketeers. Nice. It's so good. It's like, yeah, your Three Musketeers are Keith, herself, Charlie Shea, and Oliver Platt. <laughs>
0: No kidding.
2: Charlie like what? Oliver a... Platt. Yes, he, he played my he, favorite um, he,
0: Porthos. He does not seem that makes sense. That he doesn't. He does not seem to be like a swashbuckler.
2: I, I mean, but, so like, much. And but I guess funny, as Porthos,
0: that makes sense.
2: Yeah, because as Porthos, he's like the swashbuckingest of them all, though. Because he's very like he has a way with the ladies, and he's very like kind of charismatic and fun, and it's just. I I love these movies like they're not, you know, the pinnacle of filmmaking, but as a kid, I remember getting very swept up in them and they're just kind of adventurous spirit. If you listen to the scores, the scores for both Robin Hood and Three Musketeers are done by the same guy, uh Michael Common, And I have those soundtracks and like you listen to them and like you want to like just brandish your sword and like go out and fight some bad guys. Like oh my god. You want to go on this like romantic adventure. Um, and so that was a huge influence on me growing up. It's just adventure, historical, fantasy stories. Um, and I can't wait to show you guys both those movies.
1: I am excited. Uh, <laughs> but Anya, going back to Gail Carson Levine, uh, did you ever of read course. The Princess Tales? Her whole like little series of like little subversive versions of each fairy tale. So like the princess and the pea was actually called the princess test and it was just like this one girl who um bruised really easily or something like that and she like they basically were like the woman the queen was like oh the only way to find the true princess is to find someone who like can feel a pee underneath five of like hundreds of of mattresses and because this girl could like bruise easily she got the she passed the test or something and it's i mean it's it's really like a lot all of them are really fun like they she does one about um Sleeping Beauty, which is, like, called Princess Sonora and the Long Sleep. I also, I also have all of these books and can lend them to you at, at some point. They're That's really fun. That's amazing, because yeah. I've only
2: ever read uh, Bamar and Ella Enchanted. Yeah, they're,
1: like, short little novellas, but they're really fun. That's adorable. Yeah, I love them. I will have, have to read those. fun little illustrations and stuff. We'll have a fun sleepover. <laughs> it's going to be a great weekend. you, guys. <laughs> <energize>. Yay! <laughs> so, HT, that means it's your turn. Okay, Um my childhood is a little bit different than both yours. One because I wasn't like not into as swash not as into swashbucklers as Anya was, but also <laughs> um for Willoughby's ca- case, I didn't have cable as a kid, Um and I didn't actually ha- get cable until I was in college, I think. And I was like, wow, there's so much stuff to watch now. <laughs> there's like so many channels. when when I was sick from school, um, all I had to watch on TV was, like, The Maury Show, which is awful. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that are, like, long infomercials. It was not fun. Uh, so I Half never, like, tried to be sick from school, basically. Um, oh, but yeah, I was. I hadn't didn't have cable, so I didn't have, like, the full Nickelodeon Disney Channel experience. And I was only really allowed one hour of TV a night. This was only, TV a day, sorry. This was um, mostly as a kid. Like, my parents eventually, like, eased up and let me watch as much TV as I wanted later on. But um, this it doesn't make them as strict as it sounds either, it's just kind of like a, a parenting thing. They don't want to expose you to, to too much TV. So basically, I would use that hour after school every day to watch Pokemon and Arthur. Nice. So I was definitely... Very different. Yeah. One of them is a very wholesome PBS show which taught me lots of things about morals Um, and also, weirdly, about the Odyssey. There's, like, a lot of reenactments of various literary works in the show, and I didn't realize that they were real books until afterwards. (laughs) Like, there's a whole, like, episode where DW basically acts out the Odyssey, and I was like, oh, this is a really cool story. I wonder how they thought of it. And then later on I found out it was a a Greek myth. Um, Well, a Greek book. And, um, yeah, I was a PBS kid, I was a Saturday mornings cartoons kid, so, like, Pokemon yes. was a big thing. Actually, um, after school, every day, I would take a nap before I went. I woke up to watch Pokemon. And one time, I slept too long, and I missed the episode, and I was so <laughs> sad that I started crying, and I was like, why I didn't know? you wake me up? Do you, you remember a, what episode you missed? I honestly don't remember. It was so long ago, because I couldn't rewatch it, probably, and... I was just like that was the most traumatized I've ever been in my little tiny child life. It still it still hurts me today. I'm just like I one time I missed that episode of Pokemon.
0: No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's rough.
1: But yeah, um, that and like all the Saturday morning cartoons, I'd wake up extra early so I could sit and watch cartoons at eight a.m. every Saturday on Kids WB. <laughs> nice. And you know there'd be Batman Beyond. Uh, Shaolin Showdown, Jackie Chan Adventures... Oh my gosh. What else? Yes. yeah all those. These, all those really great shows that I probably can remember way too many of the plot lines of. Um, and That's I never think, a bad thing. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Card captors. So a lot of these kind of fostered a love of anime for me, which has still not really continued today. I stopped watching anime full-time in like 2011. But um, it kind of fed my love for, I guess, international pop culture and animation and Hayao Miyazaki, which I also got into as a kid. I, I have the full Miyazaki collection um, that I collected by basically in like sixth grade. I was like, I love these movies. I must watch, must watch all of them. So my first ones were like Spirited Away and Castle in the Sky, which I, got, which I got in a two-disc set, two DVD set. And after that, I would go to the, the um, FYE after, like, on a weekend, and just, like, go buy as many know, Miyazaki movies as I want. Unfortunately, one of the... The third one that I got was <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies, which is actually not a Miyazaki movie, but a steve Ghibli movie, and it's the saddest movie you will ever watch. It's heavy... Of course. Either of you guys seen it? I
0: have No, but I've heard you talk about it before.
1: <laughs> I have explained it in, in deep... In deep detail to Willoughby, but it's basically a movie set in World War II, about these two siblings whose mother dies in a bombing and they have to go live with their aunt who's like very strict and kind of cruel to them so then they run away from home and start living in a cave and eventually just like starve to death it's really depressing okay <laughs> yeah and no spoilers you watch It's watch the like, kid yeah huh, yeah it's it's, God, it's like one of those it's i cannot watch it again and it just like it makes you just depressed for days. Um, so yeah, that was a yeah. That's when I watched as a kid, and I also watched Princess Mononoke, which as a kid, which was very violent. Um, but yeah, that gave me a bigger appreciation, basically, for anime. And then I got into like Japanese dramas and culture as a as a in high school, which was you know a little bit on the weeaboo side, which is the term for like obsessed with Japanese culture, but not really like knowing fully about actual Japan and everything like that. Um, I've kind of grown out of it, but, you know, I was really into it for a while. That's a lot of my childhood. Um, Like Anya, I read a lot of fantasy books, too. I kind of liked those fantastical stories, as you can see in anime and also as you can see in fantasy books like Harry Potter. I was, of course, um, no denying that. And then also uh, The Chronicles of Narnia, which was a book I read in second grade, and I read them all, and I was really obsessed with them. Um, I also, I got into, like, the His Dark Material series, which so by, good. one of my favorites by Philip Pullman. Um, I read the full series first when I was, again, in sixth grade. I read a lot in sixth grade, but I was very confused by them. So, Same. Um, they, they're very, they deal with a lot of very mature and just kind of philosophical themes. Like, in the... I don't know if I how much I should spoil for you but they kind of go up against the the actual manifestations of heaven and god and going yeah. to It's battle. interesting
2: because His Dark Materials is often pitted against Chronicles of Narnia because well, yeah. like His Dark Materials is considered the atheist story and Chronicles of Narnia obviously is very Christian. Mm-hmm. And I also read both um as a kid I didn't get His Dark Materials until I was older but mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And my parents were never really despite like me them, you know, restricting my time on TV or that kind of thing. They were never really strict with the kind of content they were giving me. My parents, my mom was the one who bought me all these books. Like, she would basically just fill my bookshelf after school every day and, like, not even tell me that she bought books. And I was just like, oh, there's a new book in my bookshelf, and I just read it. And she just kind of, like, would give me all of those classics like that, and I read a lot of my books like that, and my fantasy books, and she would just kind of buy whatever she thought I liked. So, (laughs) Chronicles of Narnia went right next door to His Dark Materials for me. And um, His Deck Materials, for the longest time, was my favorite series. I would basically, because I didn't get it the first time, I reread the entire series the next year until I finally got it, and I was like, okay. But then it, I amazing. loved amazing. The, yeah, then I loved the series so much, I just, like, I made a habit, almost, of rereading the entire series every year. I didn't, I think I stopped, like, in high school, but um, I haven't re-read, in, re- reread them in a while. They're still, like. My favorite you should books. reread them. I should. You know, I should do a lot of rereading. <laughs> I know. Have you? Um, did you? Since we kind of like
2: the same books, um, mm-hmm. did you ever read any of Tamara Pierce? I did. Uh, I so, read the um,
1: the Circle of I can't remember what the whole series. Was oh, called, so you
2: right? read the Emilon universe? Yeah, yeah. Because she has the Tortal universe and then Emilon. Um, so it's interesting because for everything I talked about, she's literally a perfect author for me. Hmm. I had never heard of her growing up. My friends got me into her in college when, like, one friend bought me the Alana series, the Quartet, which is in Tort Hall, and then, like, another friend, other friend got me into, like, the Emelon series, and, like, now I'm obsessed, and I own, like, all her books, and I, like, love her, and she's still, the fact that she's still writing, and these universes are still continuing is so amazing, but, like, that would have been very formative had i gotten into her earlier but i only got into her in college yeah but she's wonderful
1: she's very feminist and very like fantasy it's really it's really good representation and just kind of very um for yeah formative kind of for for young girls it's really really good stuff i actually didn't read a lot of her books either i think i only had one or two of her books um so i was never really fully into her as much as i feel like i should have been um I was really into Garth Nix, actually. Um, I really liked his Sabriel series. Have you ever... The Abortion series, I've actually. never read it, but I've heard of it. I was obsessed with that for a while. Um, and I lent my the first book to my sister and never got it back, so I'm a little upset about that. But, you know, what, it's whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, reading was a lot... was a big part of my childhood. Um, movies as well, because my parents, despite the restrictions, again, for, for TV, they kind of just, like, let me watch whatever. I watched... Uh, I'm gonna give a plug again to Peter Pan 2003, despite not being in the 90s, is one of my favorite movies, and I can definitely quote it front to back. Um, I'm pretty sure I can rattle off the monologue at the beginning, um, but I won't do it because you know that's so cute. We only that. have we only have so much time.
0: We got plenty of time. We got yeah, we're good so to good.
1: go. You, yeah. Do do a little bit. Do a little bit, H T. No, Come on. I wanna sound like a super nerd because <laughs> No do it. We all
2: sound like super nerds. Listen okay. to us.
1: All right. Cinderella flew through the air, far from all things, ugly and ordinary. And when she landed at the ball, she found herself most importantly surrounded by pirates. There was Alf Nel oh, yeah, I forgot I was like Alf Nelson, I think. Um yeah, that's basically it. That's so cute.
2: Oh, my God. I'm, like, smiling so much.
1: I love it. It's so good. It's it's also, it kind of jumps off from my love of Disney movies and fairy tales, and I just, like, I love that whole concept of Peter Pan so much, and just kind of, like, it has this weird nostalgia for childhood and just kind of a, a reverence for it that a lot of other fairy tales don't have. So. But you don't romanticize Peter, right? No, I don't romanticize okay, him. Okay, good. Because, you know, he's... He's not a psychopath like he kind of is he's sociopathic <laughs> in a way but he's sociopathic <laughs> in the way that children are and that they don't think of long-term consequences but no, also don't. Peter Pan 2003 does give him more like kind of a romantic spin to it so they don't play up his sociopathic elements as much but they do bring attention to it which is interesting yeah I don't know I love it's it so still, much
0: at the end of the day I feel like it's still a family film it is
1: it feels it makes make me all gooey have, inside you can't have Peter
0: be super sociopathic
2: yeah I love that, like, you really, when I, I also love that movie, but I'm just like, mm, Jason Isaacs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, even when I was, like, 10 or 11, or, like, yeah, like, 11, I was just like, alright,
1: Jason Isaacs. (laughs) Anya. Little Anya. I had a a crush on Jeremy Sumpter. Willoughby's
2: giving me the weirdest look.
1: (laughs) You know, when I was 10 or 11, Jeremy Sumpter was my man, but watching it now, I'm just like, mm, Jason Isaacs. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Willoughby, will not judge. Don't judge us.
0: I'm, I'm not judging. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging. No judgment here.
1: So yeah, I had, like, I had a very kind of haphazard, haphazard, like, childhood influence going up. I had, like, bits and pieces of Disney Channel and Nickelodeon come into my life because I would go over to my cousin's house, for example, and watch some Disney Channel. I was a bigger fan of Disney Channel, I think, than Nickelodeon because I watched a lot of Lizzie McGuire. I watched some, like, later on, I watched, like, That's so Raven and... Sweet Life. Um, what else did I watch? I liked Phil of the Future* a lot. Um, yeah, but these were all like later when I was able. That was my like, jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I just have that, so I'm just love. like, "That's so Raven." I got Phil of the Future*. These things are going amazing. Um, I watched a little bit of, I think. Recess, Rugrats, because those were actually on um, Saturday morning on ABC. Because I didn't have ABC Family, but on ABC they showed those on Saturday mornings. So I'd have to, like, choose, basically, Saturday mornings, which one I wanted to watch. And I would basically go for KCB because I would go for their cartoons and, like, the Batman movies, Batman shows and stuff like that, instead of Recess and that kind of thing. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad because, like, Spongebob is really like saturated in everyone else's culture and i didn't watch spongebob until i was older i think like in middle school and i was like this is a really annoying show and no! i'm sorry it's just like i think it's because like i didn't watch it as a kid so i was just i and the only way i watched it was as a marathon when i was in middle school and i was like this is not good did you watch and
0: now the it's, older it's, episodes or the newer episodes i
1: don't remember because i was like uh, so annoyed by it but now it's so many memes so like you get all the memes I get I mean, I get the memes because they're memes, but I think i did I, did I show
0: you the future reference you the did, one where you showed me the future record. episode you
1: yeah, I don't know I, it's just like I never got into it, and because I think I missed that window, i never I never did that. oh, <laughs> one thing I didn't mention, which is a travesty, Sailor moon, one of the biggest influences on my childhood, um another show that was on cable, and I didn't have it, but I had cousins who I love so much, my older cousins who would tape the show for me, and whenever they visited me, would bring all these VHS tapes of recorded Sailor Moon episodes, and I would watch them, and I they were my favorite cousins. I think they, well, they did it purpose, purposefully, because they, like, I was, like, the kid, and they were just like, love, love me. So, you know, <laughs> they taped me Sailor Moon, and I love them. And I was so obsessed with it. I got, like, little plastic wand that made noises when you press the buttons. Um, for Halloween one time, I think when I was eight, I wanted to dress up as Sailor Moon but having no crafting skills, my cousin's, again, the one who brought me um, the Sailor Moon VHSs, made me a Sailor Moon dress. It was a, That's so cute. It was her princess dress. I was so happy. Oh my god, I had the little wand, I had the Sailor Moon princess dress. I was the happiest little 8-year-old in the world. I can probably like dig up pictures of this Halloween. Send it to you guys maybe. We should our- <laughs> We should end the episode by singing the theme song together. Yes, we should sing all the theme songs. Um, do you? Did you have a favorite scout? Um, I liked Sailor. I think I was between Sailor Mars and Sailor Venus. Okay. Sailor, I liked Sailor Venus first, but then I really liked Sailor Mars because she gave no shits. She was just like she was kind of a bitch, but I, I was just like she's awesome. She's hilarious. Sailor Venus was like you know very nice and pure and like all about love and everything like that. I thought she was really cool. So that's why I liked her at first. But yeah.
2: Um. That's interesting because Sailor Uranus is, has been my favorite since childhood. And like, Oh really? Like I also love Sailor Moon in general, but like Sailor Uranus specifically mm-hmm. as like a character was a huge thing for me because like I was very much like a tomboy growing up and like I said, mm-hmm. like I wanted to be the knight and like Sailor Uranus taught me that like I, like I could be comfortable with who I am and in kind of like bucking like gender stereotypes and stuff and like I still just love her. I have a figure of Sailor Uranus on my bookshelf.
1: Oh, that's amazing! Um, yeah, she's my
2: fave. I love her.
1: Yeah, I don't know, and I think despite Sailor Moon's general whininess, she was, she kind of was my favorite in my heart because I, I think most of my toys and merchandise from Sailor Moon was of Sailor Moon, she's and great. yeah, she's she's so good. You know, she's one of those female characters that shows that you don't have to be like, the traditional version of strong, like, masculine or anything, she still saved the day and kicked butt, but she, you know, she cried about it, and she liked girly things. And that's one of the greatest things about Sailor Moon, guys. That's one of the greatest things.
2: <laughs> so, Sebastian. and I was a little
1: disappointed, actually, when I when I saw the, there's a reboot of Sailor Moon um, recently called Sailor Moon Crystal, and it was okay. It matched closer to the manga, which is the comic version of the anime, but it was just so poorly drawn. Ugh.
2: Season it's, three is much better. Season mm-hmm. three is the current oh, yeah. season
1: airing, and I'm watching it, and it's much better. Really, yeah, like, I just I just couldn't get over just the like, really bad animation, and you could tell too that it was rushed out because they like yeah. even between the keyframes there was just like really poor, just not good. If animation. you want to jump into
2: it, like I, season three, the animation is gorgeous. Okay, maybe, but yeah,
1: R- original original Sailor Moon close to my heart. I still have I I still have some of the old recorded VHSs I think too. I have the movies of course as well on VHS form, but I don't. I might still have the recorded ver- versions. Of my do you movie. have a VH, Do you have like a VCR? I actually do. Um, one of the last things that we bought um, in the, the VCR phase was a VCR DVD player, Nice. <laughs> we have it upstairs. I think it still works too. It was it was really new. It was before they stopped manufacturing VCRs completely. I think so. It was like pretty recent. nice. Yeah.
0: I still have a bunch of VHSs.
2: <laughs> do you have yeah. a VCR, Willoughby? I do. That's just, new it nerds. was my grandma's,
0: but when she moved in, into a retirement home, I I got it. So it's like under my bed right now, just chilling.
1: Nerds, <laughs> we are nerds. Um, oh, I'm
0: speaking speaking. I forgot, I just remembered one more thing that I really liked. (laughs) It kind of goes along with Sailor Moon, but it's like, it was Dragon Ball Z. Ah. Um, I watched that all the time, kind of more closer to like 2000, 2001, 2002, um, because we finally got like extended cable, so like Cartoon Network and Disney Channel started to become part of my routine, and the Toonami on Cartoon Network always played Dragon Ball Z, and I was Vegeta for one year, um, for Halloween. Uh so I had like the Super Saiyan outfit and like the hair. Um That's adorable. Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was it was great. Um and like that has seeped into my like you know, like uh just like, you know, when I'm like amped up I'm like, Oh I'm going Super Saiyan. Like, so, like <laughs> it, it, it's it's and like it's always fun to talk about it with like other people who, like, watched it as a kid, because it's like, oh, remember Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, it was great. So, like, that just reminded me, when you were talking about Sailor Moon, I was like, oh, that's right, Dragon Ball Z was also a thing. Uh, so, just wanted to interject there.
1: Dragon Ball Z, the only thing I know about it is, he's over 9,000. Over
2: 9,000!
0: There's so much more to that show. There's
1: so much more. Well, what, the majority of what I know about it is, basically, I was in... I was on a road trip with my friend from, from high school and we were driving up from Williamsburg back to Nova and we had we're basically just like talking and he's like have you never seen Dragon Ball Z and I was like no and he's just basically spent the whole like two hours explaining the thought <laughs> of Dragon Ball Z to me oh god and, it and takes I, that long yeah. to explain it <laughs> and now I know that much from it but Isn't
0: there a video of you ex- trying to explain the plot? Yeah, that was
1: after, shortly after that, I summarized my version of his story of Dragon Ball Z to my roommates, and uh, I think Rebecca or Raphael filmed it, and were, yeah. it was, like, the most hilarious thing, apparently, because I was, like, I messed up so... Oh, I didn't mess up, it was, like, a very yeah, short you, summary. You, it was, like, a one-minute summary of, like,
0: two hours. But you were, like, pretty on point about it, so that was good.
1: Thank you. I can't yeah. I don't, I don't remember much of that, like, mo- of that summary anymore. But I
0: think Rebecca might still have it, or Raphael, whoever yeah. filmed it probably still has
1: it. Mm-hmm. One of them, I just remember like one of them being an evil prince, and
0: he yeah, that was Vegeta. Was, yeah,
1: Vegeta, who's not the green guy. Piccolo is the green guy. Yep. And uh Goku had a tail, but he cut it off or something because yep. his planet had tail, monkey tails. Yeah, it's weird. And they turned into <laughs>
0: monkey. They turned into giant monkeys during the full moon.
1: It's really cool. <laughs> Well, it is Guys, based I on, can, like, I a Chinese on. legend, too, which on. is really interesting. Sorry? It's based on a Chinese legend, too, which is really interesting. Like, Chinese mythology. If oh. you didn't know that, it's actually based <laughs> on real life. Not real life, but
0: an actual... <laughs> Are there really seven Dragon Balls that you can make a wish out of? <laughs> well,
1: you oh know. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah. Fun fact from someone who doesn't watch Dragon Ball. Thank That's... you, HT. You're welcome. Um, I think that is a summary of my childhood you know disney and harry potter aside which i was equally obsessed with as all of you are of i'm course. sure yeah um and but we've talked extensively about that um yeah i just, I just wanted to give another shout out to peter Pan because i loved it so much there you um, go, of course. but yeah i think that's it i'm looking at my dvd collection now i'm trying to think <laughs> no i think that is it yeah all right um, yeah we have some pretty cool childhoods yeah i think so
0: yeah, we were we were fun kids.
1: Yeah, we had we like very different childhoods too, which is good. It wasn't all like yeah, was was the yeah. same. It's interesting. <laughs>
0: we're like three different BuzzFeed lists.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm the Asian BuzzFeed list. Oh my god, I don't uh, know what BuzzFeed list I am. Not to be stereotypical, but I did watch a lot of anime. So
0: I yeah, watched you know. a lot of Nickelodeon.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, shall we move on to our last part? Yes. Yes. Um, the last segment of our episode, I really, 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 really like you. Uh, Willoughby, why don't you start us off? What do you really like this week?
0: Okay, so, it's this is gonna start off with a dislike that turns into a like, because, yeah. So, I went to go see X-Men Apocalypse, guys. I'm sorry. And it was, and it was not good. Aww. So, to console myself, I went to the local Barnes & Noble and searched around for DVDs and just to see which ones I could buy, and I realized that I didn't have Lost in Translation, Lost in Translation on D- Blu-ray, so I bought it, and then I watched it.
2: Did it cleanse and your soul?
0: It cleansed my soul because it's a phenomenal movie that I just—it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, I haven't actually like—I I think the first time I watched it was only like five years ago, but like I always watch it right before like a big move or, like a big like event in my life, and mm-hmm. so like because it's it's all about like change and like, uh, and like being like in like in transition and whatnot. Um, and I just, uh, the cinematography, the music, the whole thing, the whole movie is great. Um, and Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray's chemistry, like was also like pretty, pretty fun to watch. Um, and so I don't know, I, it's just, it's a very comforting movie. Um, it's, it's quiet. So like, I kind of, you kind of have to have some caffeine in you to watch it. Because then you could fall asleep really easily, um, which is <laughs> ironic considering both characters have like insomnia throughout the whole movie. Um, so yeah, no, I wanted, I just wanted to watch something good today. <laughs>
1: Oops, I'm yeah. sorry that X Men happened to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it was my own fault. I went to go see it by myself. I just, I had curiosity, and it just killed the cat. But then Lost in Translation brought it back.
1: Yay! Honestly, X Men. Apocalypse will probably be a cable movie for me. Like, I'm gonna wait
0: yeah. for it. Oh, until it gets on to, like FX.
1: Yeah, or like <laughs> HBO I'm, Go or something. I'm so torn. I feel like I have
2: to see it because James McAvoy's in it. But
0: he was he was the good he was the best part.
2: Yeah, which is which he makes me he, he actually looked like he was
0: having, having fun.
2: That's good. I just don't know if I want to like shell out the money for it. Uh, <laughs> definitely
0: go for, to a matinee in 2D and get the lowest price you can possibly get. That's good what idea. I did.
2: Good idea.
0: Yeah. All go right. Uh, so Anya, go ahead.
2: All right. So my really really like this week is Jane Austen. Uh, so I saw Love and Friendship this morning, and it was uh, so good. It's like I just love like it's like deliciously dramatic and so witty, and it's just she's so funny. Jane Austen. Um, people don't realize how funny she is, but she's hilarious, and her wit is very biting. Um, Kate Beckinsale was great. I love the ending of the movie. Like, the ending (laughs) for Lady Susan is amazing. I was like, you go, girl. She gets what she wants. Yeah, she does. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, and so just in general, it just reinforced my love of Jane Austen. I'm not sure if I've ever talked to you guys about this, but, like, I love Jane Austen a lot. Like, I have two sets of all her books. I have a display set, and I have a reading set. Is there a difference? Yeah, my display set is very nice versions <laughs> that I don't read, <laughs> <laughs> and they sit on my bookshelf and they look very pretty. Oh my um, and then I have my reading set, which I have read numerous times. Um, I have a poster on my wall. I went to Bath when I was when I studied in England, um, and I have a poster on my wall that says "Keep Calm and Read Jane Austen." Oh. Um, I've had numerous Jane Austen marathons where we like we make like beef stew and like drink tea and have pastries. Um, so I. I just love Jane Austen so much. I could watch movies of her books all day long and read her books all day long. Um, and I'm so glad we got a new one of a novella that's never been adapted before. So, mm-hmm. and it was super great. So, I just love Jane Austen, you guys.
0: I've only they, seen the Kira Knightley Pride in Prejudice. Oh
2: my God, watch Gwyneth Paltrow's Emma. Because Emma's oh, one of my favorite stories, but also Gwyneth Paltrow's great. And also, Cremeterre, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, McGregor is. quality it? It's true. And his hair, oh, quality.
1: I Jane Austen has never really been my scene, but I really enjoyed *Love and Friendship* because it was way more tongue-in-cheek than I've ever seen her. Um, like I read, I read all her books, um, but I feel like her humor was a little bit too subtle for me. That I was kind of like, "Oh, it's okay." Like it was very yeah. wry. but it was kind of just like, "Oh yeah, it's like it's good." I was more for a Bronte sisters fan. I like the gothic romance and like of course that kind of, of drama.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: um, and just like. Uh, gothic deliciousness, um, but yeah, I I enjoyed Love and Friendship way more than I thought I would. And it's very good. It's so funny. It was like I was laughing out loud for like half. An Same.
2: Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so great. All right. So HT, okay. what did you really like this week?
1: My really like is an interesting one. It's kind of a love hate. Um, but I watched. I saw the Lobster yesterday. And it was a very different movie than I thought uh, it would be. I want to see that. It's I've a- not seen it. Uh, warning it's super dark it's way darker than i thought it would be it was like um i at first i thought it would be a darkly comic romance it turned out to be a darkly comic dy- dystopian in the purest sense of the word Ugh. there is just think like if there this isn't this is a metaphor but there is like you maybe you see something with like a nice it's a talking dog and it's really funny and it makes kind of like biting remarks and stuff like that but then halfway through the movie, the dog dies, and you're just like, what is this movie? This is actually not what happens, literally, but it's a metaphor for this, watching this movie. And you get traumatized towards the end, and you're like, why is there so much death and violence? I <laughs> want to
2: see it even more now, just because I'm so curious. Also, I love Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is great.
1: I was just, I'm still a little bit traumatized <laughs> from watching it. Oh my it. god! <laughs> um, but I, I would recommend it, but beware... It, it is I the only thing I can really um, compare it to really is Never Let Me Go but it's not as tragic as that but it kind of has similar undertones interesting, and similar themes uh, but yeah just don't go in expecting laughs you get laughs in the first half but then things take a dark turn and you're like I don't think I'll laugh again <laughs> I'm like so excited to see this now like even yeah. more excited
0: I'm it, a little terrified
1: yeah yeah, just just a warning, guys. My coworker had actually seen it last week, and so she was like, "It's different than I thought. Um, it's more dystopic than I thought it would be." And I was like, "Oh, okay. I guess that's kind of what I expect." But yeah, she even that warning didn't warn me. Because so, I know I know a little
0: bit of the premise, but I, I don't want to go. I don't want to know any more until I see the movie because it's yeah. just
1: crazy. Yeah, it just it I just becomes wait. a very different movie towards the second half, and not like a worse movie, just like. You don't know where it's going. It
0: takes a turn.
1: It's like a roller coaster in the dark. You're just like, where am I going?
0: <laughs> it's like that scene in Willy Wonka.
1: Yeah, it's, it is actually that scene in Willy Wonka. I will say, like, a lot of that, like, the latter half of that movie is basically that scene in Willy Wonka, and you're kind of terrified and will happen. Oh, man. But yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> All right.
2: Well, uh, Willoughby and I are going to have to check it out because, yeah, yeah I can't wait to see it's,
1: it. It's definitely more, one of the most original movies I've seen recently.
2: See, guys? Original movies in Hollywood. Now go throw your money at it. Yeah.
0: Yay. And it's a three-day weekend, so there's an extra day to go see a movie.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Don't go expecting it to be a nice summer movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, guys. Uh, So, that is our episode. If you guys have any thoughts on 90s pop culture or things that influenced you growing up... If you guys have thoughts on X-Men Apocalypse, if you didn't like it, what movie would you watch to cleanse your soul afterwards like Willoughby did with Lost in Translation? Um, If you guys have any thoughts on Jane Austen or Love and Friendship, or if you guys have seen The Lobster and want to talk to HT about how dark it is, definitely come (laughs) chat with us. (laughs) Yeah, chat. (laughs) Comfort HT. Uh, Come chat with us, and where can they do that, Willoughby?
0: You can find us on Facebook if you search for us uh, there. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. You can find us on iTunes. And if you haven't heard, we're also on Google Play's podcast uh, service now. So m- multiple ways of finding us, listening to us, contacting us, talking to us. Oh, It's always fun on Twitter to chat with, with the fans. You know,
1: <laughs> are many fans <laughs>
0: are are just thousands of hundreds of fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and where they, where can they find you guys?
2: You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. I am at H on Twitter,
0: and I am at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter.
1: All right, thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> Bye, Bye guys. Nice.